Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. In part one of the Anthony Minicello story, we spoke the early years, the influence of the great Arthur Beetson and a premiership in his first season. But amongst the celebrations, there were frustrations and a life change. Over the journey, a Dally M fullback of the year, a Harry Sunderland medalist, a Wally Lewis medalist, and then the Golden Boot in 2005. A strange question that I don't think I've ever asked anyone before, but what does it feel like to be labelled as or voted as the best at something in the world? Yeah, I suppose at, at, at that time you you don't really think about it. You just go on your merry way. As yeah. we mentioned, I was just living a fast-paced life and I'd move on to the next thing. Um, you know, I, I think I I didn't even collect the the actual award until months and months later. It was just, yep, all good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you look back and you think, you know, they're, they're pretty amazing awards mm. to, to yeah. win, you know, you know, in, in origin, the Wally Laws and the Harry Sundland medal, I think that was two years in a row as well. Yep. And then the golden boot. Um, so they're, they're, you know, wonderful achievements, you know, and at the time I just, Put them on the mantelpiece, or forgot about them, and, and just kept going. <laughs> they mean more in retirement, do they? I, I think they do. Yeah, yeah. Like that, you know, when in when you're in in it, you're always trying to improve your game. You're yeah. always trying to get better. You just yeah, you know, you're moving on to the next thing. You're looking to evolve, so you you can't really look back too often. You know what I mean? Where's the golden boot now, mate? Well, that's a funny story. It's hilarious. So. When they actually gave it to me over in England, it said 2004 on it. It was actually the wrong plate on it. Oh, no. So um, I come back to the Roosters, and I don't know how it got into the hands of Joel Monaghan, and oh. his old man has it at his, at his place, right? So his old man's got the 2004 Golden Boot winner, <laughs> Anthony Minicello, oh. on his mantelpiece. And, I, and it's, it's funny that I said – I only approached the NRL – in like 2013 or 14 and said, oh, this is what's happened. And they said, oh, we'll have to do a, do you a new one. I said, yeah, okay, great. So I gave them the boot, they gold-plated it and and they and to be honest, I still haven't picked it up. I've got to go back <laughs> and then I don't get it. <laughs> oh, too good. Yeah. Mate, a, a lot of uh, positives, a lot of celebrations. There were tough times at the absolute top of your game. 2006 arrived. And March 26, you hurt your back for the first time. What do you recall of the game and the incident against Canberra? Um, well, 2006. So it wasn't wasn't it wasn't a you know it wasn't a, a proper incident. So, or I'll tell you what happened in preseason 2006, mid Gen. I had a training camp down the south coast, and we're in a scrimmage against our reserve grade team. And I just hear it, like a little click in my back. My back goes in a spasm. And I just sort of walk off the field and went, Rick, oh, I don't know, something's happening. He goes, yeah, yeah, take a rest. I sat down and then I just experienced some nerve pain down my left leg. And I just sort of had to lay down and try and get some relief. Yeah. And from that, my back went in a spasm and I just couldn't really move. And 
I couldn't drive home, so I got Finchy to drive my car back um, back into the east when we finished our camp. It was the last day of camp. And I couldn't really move for two weeks. It was that's how sore it was. So it took two weeks wow. to really start. The pain started to ease. But, I, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, you know, I've had a couple of little flare-ups before. I, you know, in 2004 and five, I had quarter zones in my lower back. I mm. just thought, you know, it's not a flare-up in my lower back. It'll be fine. And this one did take longer than usual. But I rehabbed it and I got back for round one. And I play, as I play round one, round two, round three, into round six, I, this nerve pain was constantly there. And every time I would be at home and I'm just relaxing and I'd go to bend over or go to put my shoes on, it was start to dig in a little bit more. But every time I'd warm up and go out and train and play, the pain would fade away. Every time I'd warm down, it will increase ever so slightly. And I, got, I did get picked for the Anzac Day test that game and yep. Tony Abe was a physio and he went, you know, do all the shoulder testing, bend down, touch your toes. I was bending down and touching my knees before that sharp pain was digging my left leg. Wow. And I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll go back up because I didn't want to, you know, have it hurt me anymore. Yeah. And he said, "Mate, go down and touch your toes." And I said, oh, "I can't. I can only go down and touch my knees before that pain digs in." And he started asking questions, and I was explaining what I was feeling. And he went, "Mate, that doesn't sound right." He sort of he ruled me out of that game, which I wasn't happy about. But he sent me to a specialist, and I was up at St Vincent's, and uh, they said I had a ruptured disc in my L five S one, lowest disc in your back. And um, it was probably one of the first back operations at the time. They said, you need a back op, a laminectomy. This is what happens. Uh, we scrape the disc away from the sciatic nerve, which is permanently hitting. That's the pain you're experiencing down your left leg. And, and but to this point, I played, I think, more games than anyone in a three-year period. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'll go in, have this operation, have a rest this yep. year and come back bigger and better in 2007. So that was my whole thought pattern around it. And I, and after the operation, the nerve pain immediately subsided. And, you know, again, I was running within six weeks and pushing my training, but I still hadn't changed anything in my lifestyle. You know, I was eating whatever I wanted. Yep. I was, um, you know, prescription medication, anti-inflammatories morning and night because I thought they were helping me. Yep. Um, you know, and, yeah, it, it was the, – the lifestyle wasn't, um, wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, so I come come back and prepared for the 2007 season, and I played the first 10 games. But you know, I've got scar tissue in my back now that's always hurting. So I was doing two inflammatories in the morning and night, morning and night, daily, every single day. Um, you know, I, I play game one of Origin. I'm in camp for game two, and we're out at Coogee. Uh, it's three days out before the game. We're catching the team bus after breakfast to head out to stay at the Novotel at Homebush. Mm-hmm. I literally just roll out of bed to put my socks on, bang, a click again in my lower back. And this time I had severe nerve pain down my right leg, oh. the opposite leg, and my back goes into spasm. I lay on the floor and literally that's where I stay. <laughs> Couldn't get up and the bus sails off and I get ruled out of that game. I go see my surgeon and specialist again and he said, look, the disc above has done the same thing. You know, do you want to come back and play a contact sport? Uh, I said, yeah, I'm like 27, of course. Yeah. So he said, look, we're going to have to do a smaller operation, a micro disectomy. They don't want to affect the structure of your spine because you already had one operation there. Uh, but you need to take this recovery a lot slower. So I, I do that. I take the recovery a lot slower. And again, I'm still not changing anything in my lifestyle, like with my food and yep. uh, my prescription medication and hydration and sleep. It was just like, like what I was doing in the past. Mm-hmm. 
2008 rolls around and I play again the oh, I think it was only the first six or seven games and uh, I'm on the bench press and I just push out a rep and I, I pinch a nerve in my neck don't think anything of it go out and play that game the weekend and towards the end of the game the game's almost finished and I, I grab the water bottle with my left hand I go to squeeze the water out and my wrist just caves in I can't even get the water out of the bottle I'm like shit that's weird what's going on no power in my arm Tell the doc after the game, he goes, Woof, that doesn't sound right. MRI the next day, that comes back and and I had a huge disc bulge in my C5, C6 vertebra and, it, and the MRI said you're one millimetre away from your spinal cord. You know, any type of hit could put you in a wheelchair. Wow. <laughs> and I remember Tony A grabbed me out of training and goes, mate, this is serious. Yep. And, you know, again, a million thoughts are running through your head. What's going on? I'm thinking what's going on with my spine at this point because I've had two operations in my lower back. Yeah. I've got a, I had a, a small disc bulge in my mid-thoracic, mid-back, and now I've got this huge disc bulge in my neck. And, you know, I'm seeing specialists and seeing doctors and they're all saying the same thing. Your discs are dehydrated and you've got to manage this. You can't really rehydrate them again. And you know, at, that, at this point in time, I was pretty lucky that I met Terry, my wife, mm. Um, and she's always pushed me to go and find answers. You know, why Why is this happening? You know, yeah. like go and ask questions, find out why is this happening? Um, so I sort of went on this quest to try and find out the reasons why. And, yeah. you know, all of the, 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 you know, the, the conventional model is just to treat the symptom, not trying to find the root cause. And I was trying to find the root cause of why it was happening. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was lucky that I um, found a guy who I'm good mates with now, Aaron, who ties in a lot of nutrition and lifestyle and recovery along with his functional movement training. And I started working with him to uh, repair my spine and dived dived into that wholeheartedly because he gave me a bit of confidence that you can if you're willing to make some sacrifices and take it slow. And, yeah, so we're up to 2009 now and round two down in Canberra. And I do all my ligaments in my left ankle, the syndesmosis, three major ligaments. Yep. And the rotation force was so big that I had a spiral fracture up in my fibula under my knee. Oh. Um, so I'm out for another, I think, 20 or 22 weeks with that, <laughs> coming off contract, mind you, as well. Yeah. And um, that's uh, that, at that point, that's when I started to dive into the research and uh, it started to really evolve what I was eating, uh, what I was doing with my recovery. And really fine tune that, um, and that's why I'm so passionate about it because I've seen my body heal from it. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic, and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology, and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. The injury, the rehab, the frustration, how did you remain positive? How did you remain focused and in a good headspace? Or are you just young and silly and thinking, yeah, this will be fine in a month? Well, at the start, I thought that. Without doubt, yeah. probably the first two operations, and then when I, you know, then then you have the disc bulge in your neck that they're saying it's at one millimeter away from your spinal cord. That's when things start to get serious, you I know. Bet. Yeah, you're not, you know, this is just the game. You're dealing with your life here. Yeah. 
Um, so that's that's when I, I had to make change. And I was lucky that I had my wife. I had Terry, you know, she um, is a great communicator. So speaking to her about things and you know, really encouraging me to go find answers was um, was really important for me. So, and that's when I started to, uh, you know, I suppose, you know, four years of injuries, I'm, I'm always a naturally positive guy and, you, you know, yeah, intrinsically motivated from within. But I suppose, you know, your, your mental, your emotional and your physical state are starting to, you know, they're starting to wane after four years of injuries. There's, there's no doubt about it. I've got to be honest there. Um, but I, I always wanted to find an answer. I still believe that I could come back and offer um, some some really good footy for the Roosters. So I just went out and searched and researched and learnt and read and, um, yeah, and then – I revamped everything, basically. What was your family saying? Um, and I'll, I'll focus on on mum in particular. A mum seeing her son go through so much pain, discomfort, um, and agony. How tough was that on them? Yeah, it was. It was, it was certainly tough. I think you know they watch every game of mine. Mum filmed every game from when I was a kid, and you know the first six years of my career were just phenomenal (laughs) you know and and then it just gets all taken away and then there's an issue again and an issue again an issue again and it kept happening and um you know they they um i knew they were sort of worried they kept all asking how's your back you know how's your neck is everything all right you know they didn't want to force me into saying you should give it up or you should have a go they they always left it open for me to make the decision um on what i wanted to do but they were just there for How support. close did you get to that decision and, and saying, okay, uh, for life in general, not just football, I'm going to have to stop playing? Um, it wasn't really that close. Like, okay. I, I, like the, the, next, the, the next thing was massive eye-opener and it, it sort of cemented that I needed to change um, my approach to uh, I suppose everything yeah. <laughs> in, in my life, and and I had that support from Terry um, and my family. So it, it, I still, I always had this burning desire that I, I was going to come back. Mm. Um, that from within, you know, that I was going to come back and play. Um, so I, I just, I just made it happen. You know, I just worked worked hard, and I, I was consistent with, it, you know, consistent with my nutrition, consistent with my hydration, sleep, my recovery. Um, you know, stretch routines, morning and night, um, visualization, or now it's called meditation. All, all of it. You know, mm. I was pretty. I was consistent with it all. With the setbacks, it makes the bounce back often uh, more appreciated, and, and makes you prouder yep. of what you've done. In two thousand eleven, you had returned and return to the type of form that saw you once again put a State of Origin jersey on. How fulfilling was that? Yeah, that was that was pretty fulfilling because in, I think, that game in 2007 when I got, I was already been injured and I got selected back in Origin, I had a game, it was a, yeah, it was a game up in Queensland and – you know, my wife's pretty passionate and, you know, she, she could get into a few arguments if she wanted to on the, <laughs> in the crowd. And I said, oh, look, don't, don't come up to Queensland because, 
you'll probably end up in an argument, you know. <laughs> just wait to Sydney game two. <laughs> you'll have to fight so the whole sort of, state. Yeah, that's right. So I said, look, don't don't come up. Wait to Sydney. And, you know, as the story went, as I just mentioned, I got injured and didn't play the game in game two. Yeah. So I always sort of regretted that moment. Um, and then coming back in 2011, you know, she was at the game and all the family were there and, you know, I scored the winning try and yep. it was that was a pretty amazing moment, you know, for for everyone and myself included. Did it feel right? Did it feel as though through all the setbacks and the pain you'd been through that the football gods or whoever was looking over you, you know, just did you a favour and made it right on that night? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I was hoping they'll make it right in game three, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, look, that was, a, that was a really special moment, that one, game two. There were opportunities to leave the Chooks. As you look back now, how satisfying is it to be able to call yourself a one-club player? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that moment or that, that achievement, I should say, um, because, yeah, towards or throughout your whole career, it was, certainly, it was probably towards my end where you get offered a little bit more somewhere overseas or that type yep. of stuff. Um, but I, I sort of... You know, you, you build up so many good networks and connections with a club. I, I was always happy to stay at the club, even if it was a little for a little bit less. Yep. But to think more long term, mm-hmm. to think, you know, when I retire, I'm still connected here. Yeah. They ha- will offer me a role, and you know, I can use these networks to build upon my own stuff that I wanted to do. Um, so I always thought more long term than just the uh, you know three four years ahead. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky that I did, you know, because my transition was a lot smoother than some of my friends that chopped and changed yep. their clubs, you know what I mean? And because the transition is big, like, there's no doubt it was still a huge transition for me, um, but it was made a lot smoother because I stayed at the club, yeah, for sure. Not only did you stay, you got to captain your beloved club and then lead them to the 2013 Premiership. Having been what you'd been through, that's the type of stuff dreams are made of. It is, and that, that's, that's probably my greatest achievement. You know, you know we've mentioned all those individual, individual awards, but I'll take 2013 hands down above them all. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, 2013 that year for, for us was huge, you know. We... Got Robbo on board. Uh, we, had a, we built a really good squad. Uh, we obviously bought some classy players, but we you know we had to build a culture from scratch yes. the year before. We didn't even yes. make the semis, you know. So we we built a culture from scratch, and you know that year we held six teams to nil. You know, six shutouts was a record. Uh, minor premiership, premiership, and you know we we worked hard in the preseason to be a second half team and you know on the final day of that grand final we were down by 20 and we had to you know pull that out of our hat it wasn't well it actually wasn't out of our hat it was what we worked on already all preseason so yep. we knew it was there and yeah we scored three tries to win the match and you know holding up that trophy and my wife was heavily pregnant at the time mm. you know, all the family there mum and dad um yeah it, it was probably the best feeling 
If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend series, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. Best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. You played on into... 2014, in hindsight, could have you easily walked away after grand final day, the premiership, and a, and have that fairy tale finish? Yeah, a lot of people said, um, you know, why don't you retire, you know, 33, you, 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 know, you, you finish with a grand final win. But I, I, I always, I still had that drive to train, compete, and play. And I, because I, I, I always thought, what happens if that, that feeling never comes? So I always listen to, towards the end, you listen to people when they retire and their speeches from any sport and most of them say, like, when you know, you know. And when I, when I finished in 2013, you know, I, I was like, no, this is – I'm still got more left, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and then I, we went, again, representing Italy. I captain Italy in that 2013 World Cup over in England. And I come back after that campaign and a week later we have uh, Azura, our daughter, in the, you know, the 2nd of December. And I had, you know, all that time off because I played in the World Cup. I could come back, you know, mid-January. And I had lots of time with the family and I went back into pre-season training mid-gen and I found it hard to get into for the first two weeks and I wanted to be home with a little one. And I was like, oh, maybe is this, is, I was thinking, is this the feeling or is it just because, you know, I've had yeah. our first daughter, I want to be home. Anyway, as the season rolled on, that feeling just kept growing and it kept growing. And I, I thought to myself, this is it. This is what people talk about when they, they know they know. And, you know, my wife was encouraging me to play another year because I could have probably physically pushed the body more yep. another year, but mentally I was already starting to check out. And when once you start to check out mentally, you're, you're done, I feel. So, you know, with six weeks to go on the comp, I made the core. And, yeah, that was a great decision. If you had to describe yourself as a footballer, how would you? Um, energetic uh, and just like a ever-ready battery. Don't stop. <laughs> Have you ever experienced in the years post-career a frustration when you look back and think, because of injury, I didn't get the best out of myself and I wasn't able to show that to, to others? No, no, not at all. I, I don't have that feeling whatsoever. You know, I... I went through and I tallied up how many games I've missed and it was 65 games. You know, I, I could have been up there with Darren Lockyer, but I do not have that feeling one bit. Uh, I, you know, I'm grateful that I had those injuries because that this is why I'm so passionate about health and fitness now and why I have mini fit and why I'm involved in the change room, um, you know, why um, we're, we've just started a mental health charity. It's, it's because of all those um injuries and setbacks that I had uh, I evolved as a person so I'm grateful for what happened back then it was they were all life lessons I love it such a positive attitude and one of the many reasons that uh, so many people on and off the field gravitate towards you I do have to ask at 40 years of age how's the back now mate it's great so yeah actually no this November two two years ago 
I had a disc replacement on L4-5, one of the, the second discs I got injured. Yep. And the first disc, my L5-S1, I got a fusion done. And literally, it has been my best operation I've had. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, right. I used to get stuck if I sat down for 15 minutes or longer, if I drove somewhere, mm. if I sneezed, I would have to brace myself. Uh, now that is all faded away. And it's like I've got, like, my back's brand new again. It's great. <laughs> 302 games, 11 origins, 19 tests for Australia, 11 for Italy. You left a wonderful mark on the game, both on and off the field. Anthony Minicello, you, sir, are a legend. A new episode of the Legend Series drops every Tuesday and the weekly Wodge every Thursday. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and follow us on social media at the Andy Raymond. Then you won't miss a thing. Come back soon. Legends 